Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone to a lovely Friday night. It is getting darker earlier, but the weather is still good, at least here in Maryland, and hope it is where you are. I know Anne was telling me earlier that it's lovely in St. Louis, and... We have a very special program this evening. I kind of entitled it Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, um, where ACB has been, is now, and is going in the, is headed in the future. And let me just tell you, I invited all of the officers and board members uh, of ACB to be on our program tonight so that we could have somewhat of an open forum uh, for people of what's going on in ACB and where many of our leadership members are see, see as where we are headed in the, in the near and not so near future. Um, I do want to tell you that Kim Charlson was uh, unable to join us, but did send her best regards along with Dan Spoon and Deb Lewis, and Ray Campbell. So there's, the, I guess, the top four. Um, but the ones, there are several of the board members who have joined us this evening, and I do want to welcome them. Um, I know Penny Reader is the Board of Publications representative to the Board of Directors, and she's with us along with Connie Sims, Kenneth Simeon Sr., uh, and Donna Brown, and I believe Pat Sheehan is, if he isn't here yet, he's on his way, and I'm not sure about anyone else quite yet, but at least there's a good group to get started with because it's a nice mix of people in that We've got some brand, our, our two newest members of the board are with us tonight, namely uh, Kenneth and Don, and um, Connie. And Donna has been on the board. She just recently was reelected. Congratulations to all of you. And when Patrick comes, he was uh, he will be timing off next year. He's been on the board for a number of years in the past. And no, I thought I saw him there, but it was my mistake. Um, so I would like to welcome 
all of you here this evening, uh, all of you who have made it from the board. And I guess what we can do is start talking about, you know, we all know that ACB has been around for 60 years now. And many of you have read uh, People of Vision, which was a huge undertaking back in the 1990s that was um, a very, very detailed description of what happened um, from about 19, in the 1940s on through the establishment of the American Council and on through, pretty much through Durward McDaniel's retirement. And then it gets a little bit leaner uh, when you get into the 1990s. And the book actually was published in, I'm trying to remember if it was 2001 or 2003. Three. It was three. Yeah. I thought it was, but I, yep. I'm trying to remember where we were the night of the Gala Forest. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I will make an announcement. I don't think I'm talking out of place. I hope not. Um, I know that there is a history and archive committee that's being put together. And I just today was asked by President Dan Spoon if I would serve on that committee. So I guess my brain is starting to work back into what what did we do in the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s? And, and a lot of that is going to... Um, Show us where we've been. And I think that maybe some of what's happened in the past may give us some good guideposts to where the organization uh, needs to continue to move on in some areas. And in some areas we need, uh, we have whole new areas altogether that we didn't have. I mean, in 19, in 1990, for instance, um, we had very, very little on uh, audio description. There was some that was going on through WGBH in Boston, through the Metropolitan Washington Air here in the Washington area, but there was nothing that was as uniform and and as expansive as what's happened with audio description um, and the the ADP project, for instance, and that kind of thing. And there was a lot more, we were in a very different places with the Rehabilitation Services Administration, RSA, in those days. Um, it was a different organization. It was a different entity in those days as well. So I think many of us that are on this call, as I look through the list, have been around for, through a good number of those years. And many of us here today... Um, you know, everyone here is here today, and if everyone who is here today, my mouth doesn't want to work tonight. Um, we're all important parts. Every one of you is an important part of ACB of today. Whether you're a member of a special interest affiliate, a state affiliate, um, if you're just learning about ACB, there's there's a place for everyone and everyone 
the one of the best things about ACB, probably its major, most significant tenet, is that it's a grassroots organization, and that everything that's ever been done in ACB pretty much has been from the bottom up. That's why we have the whole process of resolutions, and um, our board is elected by the membership for the membership, and we've just always taken democracy as one of the most important pieces of this organization. And you're all a part of We are all a part of that today. And we need to protect that. And we need to see the mutual respect of this organization continue into the future. And I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm just saying that these are things that we need to, that, we, we all need to hold dear and keep in mind during our uh, years ahead of us. And so I know that there are some things that are going on that have gone on in, in uh, recent times with the board of directors um, this year and last because of the pandemic and the virtual convention. For instance, the board of directors has been the group that's been voting on the resolutions. Um, I think it was great this year that we had so many open resolutions committee meetings and so many people attending them. Back in the day when you, when we we're in person, a few people would come, they'd run the resolutions committee until two or three in the morning. Sometimes there'd be somebody there. If there was a resolution you were interested in, you came. Other than that, there weren't that many people that attended. But on the other hand, every person in that general session, every person in that auditorium had a vote on those, on those resolutions. And mm-hmm. that's what I think has been a major difference this year. But it, um, this year and last year. And I think it's interesting how, how do people feel that it worked out? Um, I'd especially like to hear from um, the members of the board who are with us this evening. And the first one that I'm noticing is Donna Brown. (laughs) Carrie, I also wanted to let you know Patrick has joined us. Patrick has. Very good. Good evening, Patrick. Hey there. Better late than never. Sorry. What did I say? (laughs) That's great. So we have Patrick and we have Connie and Kenneth. And Donna and Penny. I believe I saw Denise uh, Collie's name. I, I think I saw her name too. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I was looking down. Denise, I didn't have a current email for Denise, and had, and had sent out a message saying, "Would somebody please forward this to Denise?" So I do. Uh, that's wonderful, Denise. If you're here, if you can unmute, you're more than welcome to join the conversation. For those who don't know, Denise, Denise is ACB secretary. I do. I do see Denise Cowie's iPad, iPhone. And she is now unmuted. Hello, Denise. Hello, Terry. How are you? Uh, We're doing well. How are you? I'm good. I've heard you've done a major, you've had some major things going on this I have. It's been an interesting couple months. Uh, somebody's jaws. 
There we go. I think it's I think it's been taken care of. So let's start. Let me turn this over to all of our officers and board members who are here. And can you give us an update on what's going on in ACB? As far as, you know, the way the resolutions were handled this year, um, the other things that have been going on at the board meetings? Well, I'll, this is Donna, since you had called on me before. We That's true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so I do know um, with the resolutions, obviously the last two years, uh, the board has um, – voted on on the resolutions um there is a resolutions 2.0 i don't know what they're called task force or or something <laughs> um and i believe that is chaired by ray campbell now who is on it i i can't i i don't know that um others might know might know but i i don't and i just wanted to say one other thing too with the um you were talking about the history and archive committee mm-hmm. or again whatever that's called mm-hmm. <laughs> um I, i'm i'm on that as well i'm on it oh, more on good. the on the archive part um because it, it's sort of divided into two parts it's it's the you know real history part is which is the people that'll you know be gathering all the content and you know all the events that have happened since people of vision was written um but uh, part of what the archive committee or portion of the group is going to be doing is be going through all the various board minutes where motions were made on certain, you know, policies and processes. And because there's no, I mean, it, they're there. It's just they're not in, organized in any kind of manner. So then when you want to go to try to find something, it's. It's hard. So part of one of our tasks is to try to uh, organize some of that uh, a little bit better so it's easier to find and right. and follow. <laughs> right. And I actually, I believe, I was talking with Dan earlier tonight, I said, I believe there was a major project done in the national office um, in the early 2000s, probably around 2002. Um, putting together all of the motions and and decisions made by the board of directors since its inception, and in it's it was in paper. It took an entire <laughs> lateral. It took more than one entire lateral file cab, file cabinet drawer. Oh but my! <laughs> I, that would take you through. That you would get a lot from the eighties, nineties, and very early two thousands. There, mm-hmm. I don't know if it, how much more of it there is or not, but I'm sure um, you know Sharon or someone in the office can uh, pull out an awful lot of information, especially of the nineties in there. Remember well, it. But that's going to be a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, and some of the concern was that, um, you know, say from like 2001 or or, or maybe a little later than 2000. But, you know, some of that hasn't been kept up with as far as the organization Mm -hmm. of it and that kind of thing. And so that's one of our tasks. (laughs) It should be quite an it's going to be quite a challenge. To get, to get a lot of that. Put I'm sorry. Together. I think I interrupted Denise or somebody. I'm sorry. No, not at all. But uh, so, Denise, uh, any of you that would like to uh, just in general talk about what's been going on, just kind of give a lot of our, uh, to give our listeners 
um, some updates on what's been going on on the board? Oh, Terry, I can, this is Pat. I can talk a little bit about where we expect to go with respect to resolutions and, um, constitution and bylaws and the convention with respect to the voting task force. And then others can chime in on that. Um, of course, the reason why the board voted on the resolutions is because the board represents the membership in between, con- uh, conventions. And so that's where the authority came from to do that last year and uh and this year now so uh, as donna was saying we have a um uh a resolutions 2.0 task force that is being put together that's that's uh, chaired by ray who is uh, char- uh who has been given the you know authority basically to put together a process by wh- where you know, whereby we will take a look at resolutions and see if we can get them incorporated to use the voting uh, voting system that we use this year, vote now, uh, and pass resolutions in our hybrid convention next year. Let's see if we can do that. We also have uh, the challenge of looking at constitution and bylaws, uh, of which John McCann is the chair. So we expect um, we expect. Uh, uh, you know some solutions from the resolutions 2.0 from Constitution and Bylaws Committee to come before the voting task force, and we'll work together to hopefully implement them. I think the voting task force also has a its own job to be able to work <clears throat> with the convention committee and and others to put together how are we going to vote. What are we going to do at a hybrid convention to vote? So it's sort of a three-pronged uh, approach with with solutions coming from the resolutions committee, constitution and bylaws, and we'll, and we'll be tackling the hybrid convention. Um, I think the reason why we want to do that is because the voting task force isn't going to dictate to resolutions or constitution bylaws how we should be doing that job. We know the technology works. So we know we have, we know we have the what, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know, <laughs> we don't know, we don't have the how. And then the other thing that I think is critically important, which you, we never seem to stress is how are we going to pay for it? What is all of this going to cost? Of course, we're not going to have 13 or 14 elections like we did last year, but thank we goodness. certainly, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. But we also don't want to spend, and here's another, here's another thought. We don't want to spend all convention going through 35 resolutions and voting them as we would. So you have to look at how we're doing business. Uh, we may we may come up with another plan, or actually the resolutions committee may come up with another plan for, for handling resolutions in a different way than we've done it before. The plus is that we had more people involved in resolutions this year than we have ever had. The minus yes. is that you can't take 35 resolutions. And how much did we spend? We spent 8, 10, 15 hours on resolutions. No, you can't do that during the convention. So that's what we're looking at. And we don't have any solutions, but we'll have greater participation in that arena. And so I'm looking forward to how we get all this stuff done. I think it's going to be fascinating because you're right. We did we, hours and hours on the resolutions. I mean, even just... We had eight, ten, fifteen hours that was streamed. Uh, that was oh, sure. 
and yeah. on here, much less what the committee did, the work the committee did outside of that. Um, which fortunately it does not, for anybody who's not been to an in-person convention, that does not all take place during general session. Right. <laughs> There's a lot more space there, a lot more time there for that. But so maybe they, maybe they will do something like they did this year in that, in do the, com- the resolutions committee meetings ahead of the convention. Ooh. And then, uh, or so after the, con- or after. Well, all right yeah. I was thinking ahead so yeah. that, so that the, then the membership could actually just vote on them at convention was my but, thought on it. But, but, yeah. and I, but I think that the whole resolutions, the whole process, the, the whole process needs to be. <laughs> Relooked at anyhow, I think. Right, and remember how we extended the convention this year. It didn't conclude the convention at the end. We were able to extend it so we could continue the voting on into August, uh, as we did, so we could get you know the the um, the voting uh, passed constitutionally, so we could do right. remote voting and all. So so maybe we 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 do something like that. But once again, that's going to be. A, a proposed solution that Ray will come up with with his committee and then share that back and forth with the vote, uh, voting task force and, um, and, and all. Uh, one of the, one of my new members, of course, Connie is going to be doing a lot of outreach now because we're going to have three elements that we have to do outreach on. And, uh, so thank you, Connie, for all that work you're going to do. And then Kenneth is a new member of the voting task force. And so uh, I'm real pleased to, uh, to welcome Kenneth on. I haven't done anything about putting meetings together. So you guys can all yell at me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Connie, Connie and excuse me one sec, Penny, Connie, Connie and Kenneth. Don't believe him. If he tells you that it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) I know it will be work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody put, somebody told there. him someone told him years ago, Oh, you should run for the board, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and we've teased Pat about how much fun he has for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can anyway. add a little bit to what Pat said because I just uh was working on the summary of the board meeting for the forum. Um it'll be in the not next month's forum, but maybe the following month, because uh, I just got it done today. So I missed the deadline for November. But maybe we'll make it into December. But anyway, um, so co-chairing with Ray on the Resolutions Task Force are Deb Cook-Lewis and um, um, who? Um, oh, uh, and um, um, the chair of the Resolutions Committee. Um, so, uh, Gabe Griffith. Gabe Griffith. Gabe. 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 So, um, so there will be three like co-chairs for that committee. Um, and you know, we used to do, um, when we used to meet in person, we could get through 25, 30, even 35 resolutions, uh, by presenting them at the beginning of general session and voting on several each day. Um, um, so, I mean, it, it, it could be, it may be that we can do that uh, as a hybrid unit as well. I don't know. Who knows? That's it. I think it's. The, I do this. think we need to hear from members and not only the board, because um, I can think of at least two resolutions, which I think would have passed without question uh, had they been presented to the convention. Um, and one of them did finally pass and the other one did not. 
um, because um, well, with respect to one of them, the board said they didn't know anything about it. Um, so I think if there had been discussion on the convention floor, that resolution would have been adopted immediately. So um, I think it makes a difference. And I think members' voices need to be heard because after all, that's how we inform our staff and our leaders about what we want ACB to work, be working on in the coming year. Ted, ACB is definitely a from the bottom up organization, not from the top down. Yes. And and I think most of you that are here tonight that are on the board realize that because that's where most of you, you know, where you all started out as, you know, just a, a, a I don't mean just a member, as, <laughs> but by any means, that's not what I mean, but started out as a member and built up your your confidence and your skills and your abilities to eventually run for the board um, and all the all the committees in between. I know Kenneth has been chair of the Derwick Hay McDaniel First Timers Committee for several years, um, among mm-hmm. uh, among many other jobs that he's held. Um, and each one of you have, have have done have have worked your way into the you know worked your way up through the. Uh, Various and sundry levels of ACB. But, uh, but I think Penny makes an Terry. excellent point that the membership absolutely needs to be uh, very, very involved. Denise, yes. Yeah, um, just a few things that I was thinking about. And some of these are just um, structural changes that uh, <clears throat> that have happened in the organization. Of course, one being the formation of the nine steering committees under which all of our committees fall. And I know at first that seemed really, really a big task and nobody could really figure out how that was all going to work. But I think for the most part, what we're seeing is it's giving the committees that fall under each of these nine uh, steering committees a real more of an opportunity to connect with um, and, and, and cross you know, cross-connect with um, other committees that, you know, they could be working more closely with and on activities that they could be working more closely with. And I think we're seeing much better um, coordination. And I know that um, one of the conversations that um, we were, the committee chairs was were having was the whole idea of highlighting um, these the steering committees and the committees that fall under those steering committees on community calls so that members will um, get a much better feel for how all of that's going to work. I think COVID, even though we all hated it and we all hated being isolated, really did some real favors for ACB because what it did was to help us really better understand the need for finding ways to make sure that all members could be involved in the whole process, just in the whole idea of how we had to look at voting, how we had to look at doing conventions. Um, even though uh, we, the board had to be the final uh, say in terms of passage of the resolutions, I think this year one of the things that was really good was the fact that uh, we had several you know, uh, calls or meetings ahead of time where members could be a part and could express their views and express their their opinions. And I have always felt 
really strongly that the way we handled resolutions and convention when we were meeting in person seemed so nebulous in a way because here you are sitting there the last day of convention trying to pass resolutions and the only people who really knew what they were about was the people who came to the resolutions committee meetings at one in the morning or who um, had submitted the resolutions. And I think there was much more involvement at this time and a lot more of the membership really got to have more of a say and an input in the resolutions process even before those resolutions came to the board. I think the other exciting thing that's happened is that we've been able to bring on five new staff and we have been able to really uh, improve um, the work of our staff and what our staff is doing. And we now have a coordinator of communications and they, you know, she is working really closely with our development committee and we're going to be seeing some real exciting things happen with our social media and just in all of the various ways that we communicate what ACB is doing. So I think, you know, we're going to be seeing some exciting things happening that I don't think we ever really thought were going to happen initially. And we've been given this opportunity. And I think seeing how having a hybrid convention is going to work this summer will be another really interesting step in this whole process because it's allowed us to really, you know, be able to grow. It's allowed us to branch out and develop in ways that we never thought we would have to before COVID. Hey, Terry, this is Kenneth. I think we just lost you, Denise. No, I stopped. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was afraid we had lost you. No. Um, But I think you make some excellent, excellent points. I think the way we... I think the way we handled resolutions this year was so much more educational for everyone. Um, You know, because just as we've both said, you know, the way that the way it's been in person in the past was much more isolated. Um, Kenneth, I'm sorry, I stepped on your toes. I think here. Okay, um, I was hoping you could hear me. Uh, Yes. I was going to say some things that, that Denise brought out. Denise brought out some good points. Uh, I just want to touch on resolutions one more time. I was able to witness members participating on those multiple calls and opportunities that they, they were given prior to the board, even receiving the uh, resolutions to consider. And I thought that was a good, good thing. And our members are being more vocal these days to say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of that. And that's a good thing. And they're being heard. And one of the biggest topics in a number of nonprofits nowadays is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm telling you, we are we are moving in that direction big time. And everybody's being more open to accepting uh, the differences of opinions and uh, outlooks on life. And I think that's going to make us even more stronger. Uh, there's research that's proven the more diverse an organization is, the better uh, equipped it will be to succeed, uh, even moving forward through the years as technology changes and, and all the other things advance that are uh, necessary to keep us moving forward. ACB is actually uh, moving forward in a positive way uh, with a lot of things being organized. I love the program steering committees that we have. Being a part of the scholarship and award steering committee as a member lead, uh, I've, I've witnessed us grow uh, from the beginning when we didn't know what we were really supposed to do on that committee, but we started working together 
and it became more clear that we can work together so each committee could leave those meetings with something they could do and also be prepared where what we're doing is building programs placing things uh or setting things up for those who come behind us they don't have to start from scratch uh no one should ever be able to or have to take on something and not be given something that they can refer to to move to help them to move forward and to help them to succeed so we're building uh, some processes that we'll be able to share with uh, those who come behind us uh, whenever that may be uh, so they can have something to begin with and uh, move forward with as well. But it's just good to know you're witnessing our ACB conversation list where it's been open uh, communication on our leadership list. There's been more communication on meaningful uh, topics that are, are really going to make a difference for ACB. And so we just need to continue to encourage everybody to share your thoughts, uh, get involved. We have the community calls coming up. Even the ACB board has spoken about having uh, some calls where we would just give a chance like tonight, a chance for members to chime in and ask about things that they're concerned about, or even uh, share some comments regarding how things are going and how they see that some things can be even improved. Um, so, but I'm looking forward to working with Pat and uh, Connie on the voting task force and all those others, because I think that's going to be an enlightening experience for, for all of us. Uh, they did a great job this year. Uh, elections went smoothly. Uh, and I do believe uh, it's going to be quite a challenge for us to move forward in a hybrid fashion, but it's going to work. And we're going to come up with ways to make it happen. And I'm just glad to be a part of all of what's happening right now. Thank you, Kenneth. Um, before we go on to my next question that I'm going to throw at all of you, um, I just want to see if Connie, do you have anything? I, I don't want to leave you out. Um, um didn't know if you okay. had anything you wanted to add. I'm kind of quiet these days. I'm just kind of recovering some medical stuff. So, um, oh, but I'm I appreciate sorry. it. It's okay. And I'm just happy that I could be here tonight. So hopefully I can make it the whole time. Oh, we're happy you're here as well. Um, no, I think that. You know, what everyone has said, I think is really good. Um, I think ACB, I think the leadership, I think the um, staff, I think have recognized how important the communication aspect is and how much um, other Zoom calls, you know, if it's community calls, if it's this type of show, if it's um, the lists, anything, I think they are realizing how important it is for the members to be able to communicate um, to the leaders, to everyone, to each other. And I think the communication part is a huge thing. Um, We had great turnout with the task force for the voting task force stuff. Um, And they said I did over 30. I probably did closer to 50 or more. Um, Sessions. And you you were everywhere for a while there. (laughs) I was. And, you know, and I, and I did a lot of one on one calls, which was great. And I would continue to do those. Um, and I did some, you know, behind the scenes stuff. So I, I think knowing that, I think the members knowing that we want to hear and the leadership is really concerned about resolutions, about voting, about, um, equity, inclusion, I think is really important. And I think that transparency is so important. And I think that's starting, I'm hearing from members that they're really happy that they're seeing some of that coming through now. 
that's that's a very that's very interesting because that's that's a good segue into my next um, piece of it that I wanted to talk about um, because I've had a few people that have said, but what? And, and it was kind of the reason for this call. What is going on? How do we really connect? Um, just as the Joe in the street, ACB, or um, how do we really connect to get our point back to others? And, and, you know, I've said, well, I know we really pushed big time to do the open resolutions committee. And they're like, yeah, but what is this strategic plan that they're talking about? And, and so that's one of the next things that I wanted to ask about is I, there's all of this rocks and circles and strategic plans and thought maybe that some of you might could explain it to some of us um, because I think some people are just like out in left field on what they're talking about on how things are working these days. And I think, um, I think Pat would be a really good one to answer that. And I think the other thing is I think members need to realize um, reach out to us. Reach out to the board and reach out to the officers. That's what we're here for. And that's how, um, I mean, I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of emails, um, text messages, and I'm happy about it. And let, me, uh, let, me just, let me just make one quick comment on that. Um, does anyone know how, do you know how someone would get in touch with you? Um, again, Joe so, on the street. I've, so it's what's interesting, and the reason why I ask this. So what's interesting is when you go on the ACB website, it gives an email address for each of the committee chairs. For instance, there are no email addresses or no ways to contact anyone that's on the board on our website. Which I think is interesting. Myself, um, I know on our candidate pages, you know. That was all shared, but right. I know that it's, but I know it's not shared, you know, and myself, I think to have um, an email or have a special email, and this is just me speaking myself, um, have like the staff have an ACB um, account. Exactly what I was thinking. Yes. You know, why not have an ACB account, you know, cause even like, say my city councilors here in, in Sioux Falls have a special city account. And right. I think that's the way we should do it. I think that would be a way to, for people to contact because otherwise it's, can you get this number? Even like you were trying to get a hold of Denise and you know a couple other ones um, when you didn't have that information. Yeah. So it's it's hard. And if I don't and, have it, you know that. If I, and if I'm having, yeah, yeah. It, then <laughs> right. So Susie Sunshine but, is out and left field altogether. Exactly, and I think that's part of the communication. I think that's where the lack of communication and transparency, because to me, um, and in my newsletter, um, and on our website, I believe, but I know the newsletter that I send out that I'm editor for our association that we list every single um, officer and board members phone number and email address with their permission. And they're more than happy to do it. You know, uh, I know, so, I know we've had issues with that in the past that they but wanted why, one, but not the other. But I think uh, K Sims ACB? at ACB.org would be very logical. 
Right. And I think that's the way to go. I mean, that's what society wants nowadays. Um, okay. When I okay. Work- we got a third of the board on here right now. That's your, that goes on your next agenda. <laughs> so, so, Terry, I can speak to the one, three, and five-year um, strategic plan. Wonderful. I, I won't be able to quote everything by um, a chapter and verse, but I will say that <laughs> when I looked at it, I said, are you kidding me? When we looked at the five-year plan, it was enormous. So, but, uh, you know, I think that a lot of what has been done in year one and year three, and we're moving towards year three, has been very good. What you're seeing and what impressed me was the amount of outreach, particularly the amount of staff that was brought on in year one, five people. You know what that looks like when you're trying to bring in staff, incorporate staff, uh, and that. And so I think that that is, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, what is being done in year one and year three, uh, you know, is, is really taking ACB, uh, looking at programs, uh, organizing the programs, and I think bringing on the staff to help professionalize the organization. When I say that, I think that what we, what we need to be able to do is, make sure that we know what the staff will be doing and also what the membership will be doing. Because professionalizing the organization does not mean that you're going to, um, that you're going to uh, have the volunteers do less. I think, but I think you have to define what the roles and responsibilities of each group is going to be so that uh, when you start to take on some of these uh, projects like, for instance, uh, I think it was year five in which we're going to be having an, an IT type conference uh, that we're working with, blah, 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 uh, which to me would be something like, you know, CSUN or, or one of those. It's a huge effort, which is going to take an awful lot of work, and you're going to have to need people uh, working uh, in that arena to, to pass that kind of stuff. So I see. And so I, I think there was a, it's kind of a, there was a large boost between one and three years of staff. I think there was a, a much higher boost between three and five years of staff, which, which also means you need to be able to bring the money in to pay, pay the, the, the folks. So that's, that puts stress on the organization. Um, but you've got more projects, uh, and you're seeing some of those projects actually happen now in the ADP arena. Uh, last year, they didn't have a gala, but in year one, the ADP gala uh, is supposed to be on, and that's scheduled for November 18th. So I think we've done pretty good at hitting probably about 75%, maybe 80% of the goals in year one. The, the you know the other terms that you're hearing, rocks and that sort of thing in L10, is the, um, is the, is the management framework that the, the board that the the office has adopted and is carrying out so that they can manage what gets done and what kind of time frame um, uh, over the year. And what they basically say, I'm not quite sure because I think they, <laughs> they're a very ambitious group, that you're supposed to be able to handle uh, three projects within a 90-day period. If you take on much more um you know, you, and something's going to fall by the wayside, but it's basically making sure that you uh, that you are working towards your core mission and not being um, 
what is the right word, not being seduced by shiny objects. And that's always something that can happen with an organization. So the strategic plan is that one, three, five year plan, which I think Dan went over at the last uh, board meeting, talked about it. And then the, uh, the um, man, sort of the management framework is, uh, is what you're hearing with the, uh, the rocks and the th- and the yeah. projects that are getting done. That was taken from a book uh, that was adopted from a book called Traction by Gino Wick- Wickman, uh, which if anyone's interested, you can get on Audible. And it talks about having the right people in the right places at the right time, a data-driven organization, uh, and, uh, and, and not being seduced by shiny objects and doing what you should be doing in your core missions. Those are three of the areas that talked about so is that is is that book geared to nonprofits or is that book geared to corporate it's it's actually geared to corporate and that's what i thought yeah yeah. but but i think you can but i think there's an awful lot there that is that is the nonprofits can use i mean i've talked to i'm sure i'm sure there are Um, i mean i think there are are some of the very good um (laughs) books and programs um, for uh, on uh, from the national nonprofit organizations as well, and I just hope I um, think that this you know it's good to give this one a try and see how it does work for a couple of years. Let me ask you one other quick question about it, and that's: Is there any place where someone could go and actually look at what this one, three, and five year plan is? Uh those you know, docu- anyone on the men- uh, well, you know, any of our members can i you know what those documents were shared with the board we went we did look at those at the last board meeting so my question then is are the documents that are shared with the board on the website and i would think that they should be so i, think I don't know that they're i don't know that they're up there yet we actually looked at that plan on the friday afternoon yeah it's um, part of your training yeah, part it was of part training. of the training. Yes, and and that was the first we'd really seen the whole plan in place. Um, and I think there needs to be certainly some discussion about because I heard this several times. Well, you pass, you develop these strategic plans, but then the membership, general membership, doesn't even know what they are. And so I think one of the things we really need to be um, looking at is having more open discussion about what the strategic plan is and how it was arrived at and shared with the general membership so that they know, um, you know, so you guys all know what we're looking at. And uh, uh, I'm going to give you a very quick example of that. How many of you know what the affiliate and national organization expectations document is? Oh, I, that I remember that one. You remember? Yeah. yeah you're old enough yeah. to remember it. Pat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But that was you know, a, a, a something that was put together back in the late in the mid nineties, and then it was updated in two thousand, and it was supposed to be updated hopefully by the board every five years, and um, it never was after that um, for a number of reasons. Uh, but that kind of thing, you know, that that is something that you know that was pretty widely dist- distributed initially and that was that was based on that's what i was going to say that was based on a on a five-year plan to begin with mm-hmm. was uh remember the one that uh, steve spikers chaired that five-year plan oh i remember program. that yeah. yeah yeah 
And then Mitch Pomerantz was the one who um, chaired the committee that did the update of it in 2000. Um, it's a, anybody really wants to read it. I have a copy and it's, uh, 20 pages, but, (laughs) 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 but it's, it's very interesting because it is, um, a lot to do with what the national office should, should, what expectations the national office should have of the state and special interest affiliates and vice versa. I would so, say that probably needs to be updated because it does. But there's a lot of interesting oh, stuff in there. Too. Oh, I'm sure there's, there's it's, things it's, that it's would still a, it's be. A, it, but it definitely needs to be updated. It well, was I, like, you know, email I, was new in those days. I think uh, we've been, or well, not we, but I mean, I, I guess the staff, and uh, I don't know. But anyway, I, there's been a lot of, of a few documents like that that have surfaced and yes. that have not been updated. You know, yeah. like they were supposed to be every two years or, you know, whatever yeah. it said in, in the original. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I could go on probably questioning you forever, um, but I don't want to look like Hamilton Burger here. Anyone's old enough to remember that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love that show. So do I. It's on, it's on me TV at 1130 I at night. Know. Here, though. Perry Mason. I, I think I saw them all. Perry Mason, Terry. Yes, yes. Yes, of course. Wow. Anyway, what I would like to do is give our audience an opportunity yeah. to finally get their hands raised and ask any questions. Um, about any of this that we've been talking about this evening. And Patricia, if you would just remind folks how to do that and how to unmute and all that kind of fun stuff. Sure. Um, Okay, so to mute and unmute on the PC, it's Alt-A. To raise your hand, it's Alt-Y. To mute and unmute on the iPhone, it's in your lower left corner. You find the mute button, and to raise your hand, it's in the lower right-hand corner uh, to raise your hand. If you are on the landline, it's star six to mute and unmute, and star nine to raise your hand. And if you are on the Mac, it's command-shift-A to mute and unmute, and it's option-Y to raise your hand. And we have about nine minutes Um Thank you very much. Okay. You're welcome. Let me, uh, before I forget, let me thank Patricia is our host this evening and Larry Gassman is back. We missed you last week, Larry. Larry is back as uh, streaming for us this evening. And I want to just thank the two of them before I run out of time, which I far too often do. But if any of you have any questions, please feel free to raise your hands now. Harry, just one quick thing. If you're on the iPhone and you want to raise your hand, when you get to the right-hand bottom corner, it says more. You need to click on more first, and then you'll see the icon that says raise your hand. I'm hoping that um, that will get some people talking because I don't see any hands raised. You have done a fabulous job tonight, members (laughs) of the board. (laughs) I was afraid we weren't going to have enough time for questions. <laughs> what do I know? <clears throat> Actually, um, Meryl Schechter. Meryl, please unmute.
Meryl? We have Marilyn very well represented here tonight, I will say. We do, don't we? <laughs> I just wanted to point that the obvious out. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meryl, if you can unmute, you're more than welcome to. Um, we might need to remind you, people that about they, the got it. The got it, yeah. Go right ahead, because I still haven't figured it out. Well, it depends if if you're on a, a computer, um, it depends on where you are. That's the whole problem. Um, there is a, a place where it says the, the meeting is being recorded and all that kind of thing, and you need to uh, tab to got it. If you can't find it, I found a little trick that sometimes works. If you on the computer, if you press F6, it might take you to that window that has that. Um, I'm not sure how to find it on the phone mm-hmm. or the iPhone. Can you see the middle of the screen? Okay. She got it. I'm on the got it button, yeah, but I don't I got, know what it's I supposed it. to do. I, 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 I knew about it. It just is a little slow. Sorry. It, yeah. it's, it's hard to find it sometimes. Yeah, I found I, it. <laughs> I know. I know, Donna. Um, what I was, well, first of all, I'd like to say to everybody, on the board that that's here that um i listened to the whole board meeting i've been listening to them as much as i can and um i feel that when dan was talking about the transparency of the board and he was talking about the um uh a com- having a community call once a month as far as the board is concerned for the members and i think that's a wonderful idea because I'm so I've been so interested in the internal workings of the board. And right now I am the co-chair along with uh, Maria Christic of the International Relations Committee. And I just learned that the um, uh, that's under ERPS, the Information and Referral Peer Support. And I did not know that. So mm-hmm. that's one of the nine um, steering committees. Right. So thank you so much. Yeah. And that. ERP's steering committee is 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 sort of stumbling a little bit, but I, oh. I think they're going to try to get back on track. It, when Claire left, it was a huge void oh, in, yeah, in that with, with yeah. that steering committee because I'm I'm one of the <clears throat> board members on that. Our the board members are on several of those steering committees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, thanks, Donna. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, you're welcome, Terry. Area code 215. Hey, Terry, it's Pam Shaw. How are you? I was hoping it was you, girl. Good, 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 good. So the reason I'm on the phone is because my computer has another opinion of how to spend the evening. But uh, one, of the, one of the things I wanted to raise is how do we, in these times uh, where we're moving and we're advancing, make sure that, uh, such as it depends on us, none of our members are left behind. I'm still finding people who are still dealing That's with right. the digital divide, yeah. and so. they're talking about not either having the equipment or the skills, uh, even as wonderfully so done together. as our vote. And things like that. I came across people. Clothing, toothbrushes, all that sort of thing. (laughs) Anyway, that's my question. I think you get it. Hold on one second, Chris. If you could, Chris, could you mute, please? Thanks. I think we're in good shape now. I'm sorry, (laughs) Pam. I basically missed your question. Oh, okay. So yeah, the they need to accept their part in becoming a mass trash distribution center. <laughs> what build, in the world? Build more barracks. <laughs> <to> <laughs> city okay. 
It's all right. I muted, I muted it for now. I'll get her back afterward. So basically the question has to do with the digital divide and the fact that we still have members who don't have um, the technology or the skills or the training. And while they were able to participate to some degree, there were people who were still struggling with that. So what are the suggestions from board members about how we can make sure that no one is left behind relative to the digital divide and how we do business in our organization? That's my question. And that's Anyone a tough one to that? answer. But I can I can tell you um, that I have just become one of the co chairs of the leadership training committee, and and that that was a, a topic of discussion um, at our last leadership training committee hmm. um, meeting. You know, was what can we do to you know better in, include those members who don't have access to and and i do know we're planning to do some training to train people on you know people do have some stuff but they don't know how to use it to get involved and so that that is an upcoming training that we're and pam i'll be contacting you because i saw (laughs) your name as so i will be contacting you that'll teach me (laughs) (laughs) if, if, if there's anyone on here who doesn't know it Pam has been around for Pam was around quite a while ago. Pam used to Pam at one time served as first or second vice. I can't remember which. Second, um, second. I, I know she had something to do with vice. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she was second vice president of ACB, and and um, I'm just delighted that she's back involved. Hey, Karen. Um, yes. This is Kenneth. Uh, in Texas, and I heard of some other states have done it during, because we had our virtual conventions, whether it be uh, national or state, uh, and even special interest affiliates, we uh, came together from chapter to chapter in my state, and we worked, we, uh, each of us agreed to work with those in our chapter that needed help. We've done things in different ways. It, even though it's, uh, it appears to be easy to use the phone, some people still have a problem mm-hmm. getting on a Zoom meeting yeah. when you have the main number to dial, the meeting ID, and a passcode. Uh, so what we've done is used our, our phone lines. Some of us that have landlines uh, call folks and add them in on, on three-way uh, just to make sure that they were able to participate. Because even if you tried to tell them how to do it, they just weren't getting it. And uh, uh, some people, well, majority of our members are seniors. So we have to work with them in various ways. So there, there are times that we have actually uh, done that kind of thing, just help them to get on. And uh, mm-hmm. we also had some volunteers to help to get people to it. register for our conference where it may have uh, been difficult for them. Uh, we had people to volunteer uh, to help people to get in, get in because otherwise they would not have been able to participate. That's Very good point. And, and one of the things that I think has mm. drastically increased the number of people being able to um, get more involved is the lady a a lady um, yeah, that, has, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. has ah. done that has just done so much because really okay i don't know i haven't actually seen the statistics um that uh jen keeps but right now i think our, my guess would be that our biggest outlay of uh information is probably through media um, through our ACB, their media streams. 
Um, it certainly yeah. was over the convention and with all the community calls and such and the streaming that the things that go on with ACB media in general. Uh, Chris Coulter, I yes. know you've, you've had we your have. hand up for a very long time. Yes. Carrie, we have one minute. I know. Make it really quick, Chris. Okay, this is quick. Um, I need to step back just a little bit from the idea of all of the the um, trying to put bring people together to to learn how to do things. The problem is that often, even when they when we do uh, learn how to um, become interested. How do you keep the interest? It's 8 p.m. It's an interesting question. I'm afraid we have to, we have to, let me say goodnight to everyone. If we want to stay on for a couple of more minutes, we can, but let me um, say good, say goodnight to those on Media One with us. And Larry, I will get out of your way. <laughs> 